Welcome to the Knowles 24-7 podcast. I don't know how, but this is going to be more unprofessional than usual. And I think it's Josh's fault. He's the one bringing us down. Yeah, he's the weak link here. What's up, guys? How you doing? Thanks for having me on. Hey, that's Josh Newberg's voice. This is Brendan Sinone's, the not-so-grumpy Chris Knee over here, too. He's jolly. You can't be grumpy just before Christmas. He's wearing red. He's ready to go. He's been singing Christmas songs, so... Uh, we're going to lighten your guys' mood right now uh, because a lot of people aren't happy with Florida State's results so far in the early signing period. Uh, and it's not done yet, but we're not expecting any more additions. Uh, who knows? After I said that, there'll probably be one more addition, but we're not expecting As soon more. as this pod ends, something will come through the fax machine <laughs> as so, though it still exists. <laughs> they don't use fax machines. I think they do. That's stupid. Anyways, uh, FSU sits at number 14 right now in the nation, and that's not terrible, but... Uh, given the background of Willie Taggart and his prowess as a recruiter, you expect more. And, and I don't think it's just the ranking and where they sit. It's it's some of the losses they've had in recent days. So uh, we'll get into that. We'll start with how about Sam Howe. We'll go back a couple of days and, and him flipping to North Carolina. Josh, I'll hand this one off to you because you were pretty adamant in thinking he was going to flip before he got some intel that led us to believe he definitely was flipping. Uh, and, and you wrote a really good story on it too, Josh, about the whole Sam Howe uh, uh, the timeline of it. So I'll, I'll kick this off to you and kind of you know tell our, our listeners what exactly happened and how it all went down. Well, how convenient for me to be confident after he flips, huh? How convenient. Um, no, come on. We knew going into that thing. We knew like in October, November, when I kept on the message board, I kept saying things are weird. I just kept saying this recruitment's weird. You and did. What I was you talking did. about. What I was talking about was just the fact that you we have a blue chip quarterback that is midway through the season and he's still trying to decide on whether or not this is the school for him. Um, you don't usually see that stuff. Also, the relationship, um, especially heading down the stretch, like quarterbacks and head coaches have a special relationship, especially when the head coach is an offensive guy, and. That just wasn't there. I didn't feel like this was the start of a great relationship. You know, like uh, we, I mean, we've seen quarterback relationships at Florida State before, whether it be Christian Ponder and Fisher, or EJ and Fisher, or Jamison Fisher. There's just always something between the guys. And I didn't see that with somehow. That was the first tip to me that this thing's going sideways and it's going sideways fast. Uh, um, the things that played out toward the end were symptoms of not having a great relationship, possibly, you know, rumors of lying and, and, and just doing things. Rumors? Do you say rumors of lying? <laughs> a lie isn't a rumor. <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to be jolly. <laughs> throw anybody on the bus right before Christmas and whatnot. But yeah, yeah um, those are all symptoms of not having a great relationship. And I think not having a great re- relationship between the two of them resulted in Florida State looking for another quarterback and Sam, I'll go to a 2-9 and nine UNC program. Yeah, I was the optimist in that relationship. I thought, you know, because of... Which, just, which yeah, yeah, it is. It is. I know. What the hell is wrong with me? Um, but I thought because of FSU's desperate need at the position, in fact, he had been committed for eight or so months, that it would somehow kind of prevail that he would stick with it. But the Sunday visit to UNC should have been the tipping point for me, and I'm a fool for not going on that. But, yeah, I played optimist on that. I'll own it. I was wrong. Well, you flipped your crystal ball in time. I did, in the end. I'm saying in comparison yeah. to the last time we talked about it on the pod, I I think I was not adamant, but that at that point I believed he would stick because I basically hadn't been told he would not stick. Uh, 
But Josh is right. The the biggest thing that came to light in the end of the last 48 hours of that leading up to when he had the gender reveal was that, you know, gender reveal. <laughs> it was blue. It's a it looked like a gender reveal. Um, was that the relationship had become fractured between him and FSU. And there were people at FSU who were adamantly sick and tired of the Jesus, to, I have to edit that out. To put it, sorry for the kids in the car. Kids, do not say that word around your parents. But they were tired of it. it and the relationship, even if he came to FSU, the minute something went wrong at FSU, Duke Howell would have had to U-Haul backing up to the dorm room. So it is what it is in the end. It stinks for FSU because the market at quarterback is not very good. Well, in, in November, I was hearing from people that they were trying to, and I think I talked about this on the podcast, that they were trying to convince Sam Howell and his family of what an offense in an organization without Walt Bell look like too, to try to convince them, you know, that to buy into Willie Tagger and his vision. And I think they thought they were successful in that for a little bit, but uh, Walt Bell's departure. And I think some of the, how he departed and how he departed uh, leading up to it and around it. And even after uh, really kind of put a, it put a wedge into the relationship. And I think you both talked about trust uh, that clearly wasn't there. There wasn't the, the obvious relationship that you would expect between a quarterback, uh, especially a guy who's supposed to be a bell cow in the future at the position, a highly rated guy who you handpicked to run your offense. So uh, it turns out to, you know, some people think it was a good thing because it was going to be bad at the end of the day, but let's not sugarcoat it. Um, yeah, that, that's you, you that, want to it. some degree that spin. Yeah. But the relationship you know, has all spin. You can't say that, you know, you're better off without Sam Howell. Yeah. Yeah, some of the things that I'm hearing out of the Moore Center is we're better off without Sam Powell because if that, you know, if you know, he was going to lie to us, blah, 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 and we need somebody that's going to be a leader. Well, guess what? You had over a year to find that guy. Yeah, I, that guy that you identified early on as the leader, as the franchise, as the, the next guy was, the, was Sam Powell. So in the end, for you to say that – he's not the guy it's like oh you should have probably figured that out back in april that, that's the issue it's not that you lost sam Howell. it's that your plan b was non-existent until a day or two before yeah and, and you, you start scrambling you're you're on the verge of james blackman being the only scholarship quarterback in the room and by the way like I, I'm, I'm sure james blackman probably doesn't love all the rumors and reports and talk of transfer quarterbacks and stuff like that well, they're not rumors james blackman, if you're james blackman brendan you got overlooked during the season during uh, DeAndre's poor poor yeah. play, and then after the season, you hear Sam, rumors of Sam Howell coming in the spring and winning the starting job, and then after that, you got your own teammates tweeting at Justin Fields, yeah. begging him to come. Your own teammates that signed in your own recruiting class are begging Justin Fields to come. I'm not saying that they shouldn't be begging Justin Fields to come. I'm just saying if you're James Blackman. I'm yeah, that's. I don't, I don't know how I feel about playing at Florida State. No, I, I, I wouldn't blame him. He, I wrote after the Sam Howell flip that James Blackman would be well within his right to question where he stands in this program. He, he should because all the evidence points to uh, people not believing in him, which I think is silly because I thought he was the better of the two quarterbacks for the system last year. But the fact that they didn't really give him a real shot, uh, now you're going into the offseason, or in the offseason with DeAndre Francois still up in the air, not sure what he's doing and, and where he's going. That's still, even though we expect him to be gone, um, he still hasn't told anyone on stuff. He's definitely leaving. Don't put fake news out there, Sano. <laughs> so uh, there is a doomsday scenario that exists in which you don't get Francois, that Blackman's not happy, and who knows what he does, and, and obviously you don't have Sam Howe. 
Who knows what spring practice is going to look like? Yeah, you, you can wave bye to Sam Howell all day and say that you're better off, but to be better off, you got to restock that room. And currently, Mizzou's lapping you with the ability to restock a quarterback room, so that's not exactly a great sign. Right. You know, so if Mizzou goes out last year and lands Michael Penix and Emory Jones like they wanted to, then who cares? Or James team? Foster. Or James Foster, right? Yeah. Willie has been at Florida State for more than more than a year, closing in on 13 months. And they have one less quarterback than they started with. They have two court currently, and we expect that to probably be one in the next couple weeks. Yeah. But who knows? I mean, and that's a guy who played quarterback at a pretty high level um, and it was known as an offensive mind coming into Florida State. So uh, do we want – I guess I was saving the quarterback talk. Yeah, let's for, do uh, it. Do it, do it, do it. Let's, let's jump, do it. Let's jump into it. All right, Chris, you did a quarterback board the other day or yesterday. Yeah, they, I mean, right now we're focused on four. The board will be certainly much bigger. They're evaluating any and all options. They understand they're sort of in a corner. Can you throw a football downfield and can you run? Yeah, and the two high schoolers are John Rice Plumley, currently a Georgia commitment, but they're trying to blue shirt him. He said on the record that he is evaluating his options and that he had had contact with FSU, and that contact, I believe, was initiated around Sunday or Monday. And then Lance Legendre, who I'm just going to start calling Lance Legendary. Legendre. Because why not? Yeah. He's uh, a sure. talented athlete from the New Orleans area. FSU's been kind of slow playing him, which is fine because his recruitment's been going at a snail's pace. Uh, Lance is a guy who was always kind of in the number two to Sam. Even if Sam had signed, I think FSU would still try to get Lance between now and February. Yeah, they were slow rolling I do out. expect him to come in for an official. The one question mark with him is academics. I don't know his academic standing. There are whispers out there that there's concerns with that. I don't know that to truthfully be the case. That's something I need to investigate. And then they're going to play the transfer market. And we talked about Justin Fields, who hasn't talked about Justin Fields in the last 72 hours. And then Jalen Hurts, who's not actually yet on the transfer market. But obviously, if he did, he and Fields are the cream of the crop there. And I think, I'm sorry, I don't think we know that FSU has interest in both of those guys. Correct. That both of those guys fit what they believe they need to be and that they would go after. And both of those guys, we believe, would have interest in Florida State to an extent. Uh, they may have interest in more schools or in other schools and more than Florida State, but they would at least have interest in listening to what Florida State has to say. But the concern there is that you're hoping you get at least one of them, if not two of them. And you got a lot of work to do and you haven't exactly shown yourself to be elite at closing. So... There's concern. Correct. I mean, Nolan McDonald's music is getting warmed up. Oh my God, it's Nolan McDonald's theme music. So, Josh, what's your take on the whole QB deal? Going uh, forward. I think, QB, I think the QB board's pretty now. Jesus Christ, <laughs> both of you. We may have to put an explicit on this one. We're really uh, trending in the wrong direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, Brent, Brent, do you want, not want me to tell the people when it's... I don't know how to. I don't know how to edit. It's okay. They'll understand. They've seen the board, Brendan. Like nobody's gonna hear what I said and think that I'm making some outrageous claim. So here's the thing. I think right now, if we're gonna take a look at that board, most realistic targets I think are Jalen Hurts and Plumlee. I think those are the two guys just off that board, and I, I fully agree with Chris. I think we're going to see some more names on there. doesn't mean they're going to be quality names, but I do think we're going to see some more names. Um, but Justin Fields is obviously going to be something worth talking about because the staff is going to spend energy on him, so we're going to spend energy on reporting on him. 
But ultimately, I don't think it's going to be Florida State. Do you guys do either of you have pulled out much hope? I think it's going to be Oklahoma. What do you guys think? Prior, prior to this podcast, I had not uttered the words Justin Field since he went into the transfer market. I was doing so good till today. No, I don't. I you have, wrote a story about it yesterday. I you didn't say. Yeah, that I, I did mention it, but I didn't say it out loud while I was writing. I don't talk to myself while I write. Oh, um, try it. I no, I have no belief that Justin Fields ends up at FSU. I know there's people at FSU that have that belief. Yes. I don't. I don't share that sentiment. He has right. he has markedly better options. Yeah, uh, and the, I'm not saying Florida State's a bad one, but tr- convince no, Florida State is a bad one because uh, when you're a transfer quarterback, you're looking for something that is ready made. You're yeah. not a kid who's coming in to develop for three or four years. You're coming in to play ball, and if you're looking at FSU and you're watching anything they did on the field last year offensively, it's not appealing. It's not appetizing. Unless they can go out and sell you that, oh, you're coming in, you know, what was it back in the day when Brock Berlin went to UF, the Berlin Wall? You know, unless you can sell that, hey, you're bringing in this great offensive line, you're going to play beyond. And they don't currently have that. The early signing period gave them three offensive linemen. It doesn't give them enough where they can go sell that dream. It's not ready-made. It is, to me, FSU is an unappealing – outside of quarterback room being awful, it's an unappealing – place for a transfer quarterback currently of that caliber yeah. who has the kind of options he will have they can basically pick wherever the heck they want to go let's talk about Plumley and Legendre real no no you're done Josh done too much noise time out time out are you are you in the quiet place now you yeah there's just a bunch of uh there's a bunch of ambulances driving by so I was trying to get out of the window but yeah go ahead I'm good where do you live Jesus Downtown, it's just the street. You know, there's streets and businesses, and there's things going on here, Chris. It's not Tallahassee. Yeah, nice, Whoa. nice, quiet, and quaint. Whoa, we have the highest, we have the highest murder capita rate. In the- We're not dipping into politics <laughs> okay. here. Um, let's let's talk about let's talk about the two freshman quarterback or the two, I guess, senior quarterbacks and uh, and Legendre and Plumlee real quick. Uh, yeah. Like you said, Chris, Legendre's been on the board for a while. I'm pretty sure that... Legendary. Legendary's been on the board it. for just, a while. Just commit yourself to it. We're fairly convinced that he would have been brought in in this uh, class yeah, if Hal had signed He didn't become right? an option because Hal chose to do what he did. He became more important because Hal did what he did. I like his game. Uh, I think with all the quarterbacks we've mentioned, uh, and the Plumlee kid especially, is really athletic. I think he kind of reminds them a little bit of his putting arm, flowers. His arm's so-so, though. It's, it's not bad. It's more about anticip- anticipation yeah. and timing uh, and accuracy-based. People are going to compare him to Mackenzie Milton, and yeah. I saw on the message board because he's a short white guy, but there is a little bit of that. doesn't have a, a rocket arm, but it's more about touch and, yeah. and moving to throw uh, He's not going to eat a lot of teams in tight windows. He's yeah. going to throw over the top because the guy's breaking down the field, or he's going to throw to an open spot because that's kind of how to play with his design, or he's going to create with his legs and create the opportunity to throw. Well, and that was... Beggars can't be choosing. Correct, <laughs> correct. But, and it's worth noting, I, I may have spaced out, but he's a Georgia commit, but they're looking to probably blue shirt, shirt him. Yeah. And they, um, they did bring a quarterback in in the uh, early signing period. They flipped in Ohio State. Which commit. should tell him, I guess, where he where he stands with them. And I think FSU's hoping that you know their offense and what they ultimately want to try to run, and if you could look at the Gulf Coast offense, and if you do bring in Bryles with, with the spread, it's it's more fit to his – the Plumlee skill set than it would be Georgia's more of a pro-style smash match. I'm not sure Georgia even wants him truly at quarterback. I mean, he's athletic enough to play a few different spots. So I'm not sure, honestly. I didn't ask him that question, but 
looking at their class, I'm not sure that if he went in there, he would definitely be a quarterback lining up there. Um, I, th- I think they like him and they like what he can bring to the offense. But I guess that's my larger point is you look at the names that we're mentioning. I think Florida State realized after this season and, and too little too late, to be honest, with DeAndre Francois and the fit that they need in their offense, it has to be someone that can be mobile. Unless he has a truly elite NFL caliber arm and, and that whole skill set ability. Especially with your current diagnose. situation at the offensive line. Yeah, and that and – that, further magnifies your issues on the, on, at quarterback or on the offensive line when you have a quarterback who can't scramble, who can't run. And that was a big issue with DeAndre Francois this year. That's why if DeAndre comes back, I'm not convinced he has a starting job waiting for him. So I don't know if it makes a lot of sense think. for both sides. Well, that's the hope. I mean, hopefully FSU can get somebody in here that can unseat DeAndre Francois. I think, honestly, if I had to look into my crystal ball into the spring, I think right now the best – of the four names, only of the four names that we spoke of, I think the best shot Florida State has is that um, Jalen Hurts. You think that's the, be- the best shot, the better than the freshman? Who's not even yet actually on oh, the transfer Jesus. market. All right. We were, yeah. we, were, we were supposed to be making people feel better, and uh, as I'm reflecting we'll on what we've reported we'll so far. We'll do that on the back end. We'll leave them you think, feel- you, think they, you think they really want Plumlee? I mean, you think that's the guy yes. that they really want? I, I think yes. they like him. I think they kind of discovered him a little late. I think they're actually intrigued by him. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think they legitimately like him because his athleticism would allow him to do a lot of different things. Mm, okay. Well. I mean, yeah, man, we're, we're here. And you, make, we're, you make up for his arm talent by having a talented receiver room that allows him to no, I understand do what the he can thought do. process on him, but I just, you know, I think at the end of the day, I think they're going to go all in on Jalen Hurts once he hits the market. I think that's the guy they're going to land. I don't know what they're going to do. You're right. They need to. I mean, they need to bring in two. Bottom line, they need to at, bring in. At if least they're going to bring two. in a grad transfer. They definitely have to bring in somebody behind. At least two. Yeah, and with bringing a transfer, you, you got to have the concern. I'm working with the presumption that DeAndre Francois does depart FSU. You have to presume there's a possibility Blackman doesn't like the fact you're bringing in a transfer, especially an immediately eligible transfer potentially. And that he jets. So two to three is truthfully the number they're probably having to work with. Anything less than two, and they're they're still in a huge predicament with that room. They're one injury away, basically. Yeah. Yeah, they got yeah. some they got some issues and they're on really thin ice. I mean, I think that's that's fair. Um I I think they understand that to some degree. I know Willie wasn't exactly emphatic in his press conference on Wednesday that the quarterback situation Florida State is gonna be fine. Yeah, he, he kind of played it down, but I think Behind the scenes, they understand where they're at with quarterback, that they do need to upgrade and get much better depth. They're scrambling. I mean, there's a scenario in which they do upgrade the quarterback room, but the, it's an awfully high hit you know, possibly for, for a miss. Um, there's more a doomsday so than, yeah, scenario. There is. That, that exists. It's not far-fetched. That exists. Yeah. Um, all right. So on to bigger and better things. Offensive line. Oh, they signed three. Juco offensive tackle, who I think is going to be a good one long term. I don't think he's a day one plug and play guy. Jay Williams. Jay Williams. Um, he's big, athletic, uh, which is presumably a, an upgrade uh, over what you currently his have. His technique is awful. Yeah. I mean, he's bad the, with his hands. He needs to kind of start over with technique, but he's also very new to playing offensive line. He's a kid that. Has grown ninety four pounds, I think it is. And I usually take JUCO kids that need to start over with technique. 
Yeah. Again, yeah, there's but, some issues here. But again, it's kind of the point of taking the JUCO guys. You know. But anyway, yeah. You get them in the spring. There's 15 practices. You can work with them. Beggars and choosers, Josh. It, Beggars and choosers. He's right. a guy that I think you're hoping to get one really good year out of, basically. Um, and then they got two interior guys, Maurice Smith and Dante Lucas, both very talented guys. Dante will play before Maurice, in my presumption. Um, Dante needs to get in a little better shape. He's working hard at that. He's done a very good job. He shed about 50 pounds since he got to IMG. Still needs to improve a little bit with that and conditioning. I think him being out there for 90 plays in a high-octane offense would be a struggle for him today. Not saying it will be in 12 months. And then Marie Smith's a really talented dude who uh, I like a lot, but he's got to bulk up. He's got to get bigger. Basically, if Dante can lose some of that weight and give it to Maurice, things will work out swimmingly. And then William Putnam would have been a huge piece, would have been probably been the best offensive commitment in the class at the end of the day. He opted for Clemson over FSU. And, you know, he cited many things, but at the end of the day, I think ultimately stability and knowing what he was walking into was the most uh, overwhelming reason that Clemson beat out FSU. And what was. And I think the parents, the parents from being there at the. at the event, I think the parents were the ones that want – not that they wanted him at Clemson necessarily. I think they were concerned about some of the stability of Florida State. I don't think it was necessarily like, uh, we love Clemson, we want you to go to Clemson. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I was told the day before that it was going to be a decision between Hart versus you know, what thought process was logical, and he chose logic over Hart, um, made a business decision, made one that he thought – had more stability and a better chance to go pro in, and I, you know, I don't, I don't think you necessarily blame him for that. It's unfor- really unfortunate for Florida State, but he made a decision that he thinks gives him the best chance to, to continue, developing and evolving, and and that's it's a tough break for FSU. Yeah, so you see him do that. Programs that. What's that, Chris? I was saying you just you see him do that, so they immediately go out and offer Kamar Bell, Colquitt County kid, just up the road, talented interior guy, but. The problem is there there is no replacement for a guy of Putnam's caliber yeah. still on the market. Yeah, that's that's tough because he was like came up on Thibodeau. Not saying that Putnam was you know number one player in the world material, but Putnam was the best available that they had. Yeah. So in terms of what Chris is saying, like there's no replacing him because there's nobody of that caliber. Like they weren't going to go out and offer another DN that was of the caliber of Kavon. Yeah, and. We've seen him move a bit with high school kids. Kamar Bell, offensive guard from Colquitt. Dewan Jones, offensive tackle, maybe a guard from Ben Davis in Indiana. But he's had a ton of people come in on him. And then at tackle position, where they probably need to sign at least two more. If I'm them, I'm going one high school, one Juco for sure. High school, Darius Washington came in unofficially visited last weekend. They've not yet offered. They should. I don't really get why they have not yet. That, that doesn't make a lot of sense The to more me. the merrier. Yeah. And then Juco-wise, they're looking at a guy like Kadeem Telfert. Has some red flags. Josh Cooper, big boy, 350-plus. Juco kid from Texas. And then there'll be other targets that emerge. There'll be other offensive linemen. Um, but, you know, you're playing with a dwindled market. We saw him offer Ira Henry right before the early signing period. He has not signed yet. He's a kid from Missouri. Trinity Catholic, good school. I could see them bringing Ira Henry in. They're also pursuing a uh, linebacker at his school, Shimon Cooper. I could see them trying to go for the two-for-two two with those two guys, bringing them both in for a potential official visit. I don't know of anything being locked in with either of them yet, though. All right, so this is where we stand right now with FSU signing class. Uh, again, assuming that there's no one else added. Uh, FSU's ranked number 14th, going into the last day here in early signing period, 14th nationally. Uh 
I think the thing that would give me concern is you look at who they have committed and it's a top 14 class and they have 14 guys sign, but four of their top five recruits in this class did not sign. Yeah. So until you sign the dotted line and we're talking about Akeem Dent, Nick Cross, Travis J. Um, I'm blanking on who else I should look at. Brennan Gant. Brennan Gant. And not Quayshawn Fuller's. And, and I think they think feel guys. good about all those guys, but man, you know, it's, it's a yeah. long time until February now. Yeah. FSC is a bit of a wounded animal out there right now in the recruiting world. So, you know, the fend- sharks are circling. Yeah. yeah. Fending off the Bamas, the Clemsons, and those types. You know, if, if you're Alabama and you expected player X, who's a stud corner, to come to you and he chose, you know, USC. So now you're on the market. Well, you go, well, we're Alabama. We're going to go recruit Akeem Dent. He's really good. We've already, you know, we've worked with him. We can talk to him. So we're going to try to get him in. A guy like Akeem Dent, I feel good about FSU until he takes an official visit elsewhere. Mm-hmm. But if he takes an official visit elsewhere, you start sweating. It's like the ocean. And with Nick Cross, you know, there's an interesting dynamic there with his high school coach getting hired at Maryland, hometown program. They're pushing for him. They want to swing him. People are going to say, oh, he's recruiting for FSU yeah, on Twitter, and he and, is. That's, and I that's think he meaningful. is fairly solid. The thing yeah. is, you can be fairly solid and still sign with another program in the very end. Things mm-hmm. happen. So there's concern. I have no concerns with Brendan Gant. I believe Travis Jay will sign with FSU based on what somebody very close to him has told me. With those guys, it was more scheduling conflicts that didn't allow them to get an official in, so they didn't sign early. They're going to do it with their high school and things like that. And with Quayshon, he wants to take other visits. Quayshon kind of... He's a bit of a ping pong ball. He'll bounce back and forth. He'll, you know, make you uncomfortable at times with where his commitment stands and other times put it all to rest. At the end of the day, I think as long as FSU keeps up with him, they'll be okay. The other difference to me in this class when you look at it is in who you have already. And people are complaining about the three stars. And it's fair to go back and look at Florida State's history of, of you know, Jimbo Fisher did a really nice job finding lower ranked recruits, right? I think he did a really good job of that, finding hidden gems. Uh and so people are going to point out, yeah, they've they've taken three stars, and then they've taken three stars yeah. before, and that's and that's fine. I think the concern to me is you look at the potential for star power in the class as it's currently comprised, and this is with the caveat that like, yeah, it's December, there's still a little bit more time, but in all those classes that Jimbo Fisher signed, he had multiple guys ranked in the top fifty. Yeah. Right now, FSU has one committed inside the top 50. That's Akeem Dent. He's not signed. Well, so, I, so where's the star power, and where's that coming from in this class? And I think that's a fair question to ask. I made the comment that in the signing class, the guys that actually did sign, I don't think there's a single day one high-end contributor. I think there's guys that can help you day one. Jaleel McRae, uh, Kalen Deloach to some level, Raymond Woody's a guy who I, I feel that way about, and then Dante Lucas as he works himself into shape. But there's nobody that I look at and go – he could, there's not a Jaden Woodby or an Asante Samuel type for, for me. For a program that desperately needs Akeem those guys. Akeem I look at as that type. Travis Jay, I look at as that type. Nick Cross, I look at as that type. All three are not yet signed. Yeah. So the top of the class is good, but it's not near the level of some of those Jimbo classes. You looked like you were going to say something, Josh. Oh, no. I, I mean, yeah, I agree. I, I don't see the impact players. I think that they... They targeted a couple impact players down the stretch that they didn't land, and that's the difference between a five-win season and an eight- or nine-win season. We said that before the before the year started, um, all summer, when they were in on Kobe Dean and Kayvon Thibodeau and these guys, and we felt, we generally felt good about it, and we had good reason to feel good about it, but we always cautioned Florida State can't go out and lay an egg, and they did. Yeah. Um, so we'd be talking about those guys right now, possibly being in the class, 
but we are where we are, so we're on to plan B and C's. Um, and plan B and C's aren't typically instant impact guys. Um, maybe they get thrown in due to injury, but the guys that they've signed so far just aren't of that caliber. Um, not to say that they won't be good football players. I think we all like a lot of the guys that they brought in. Um, but like you said, Akeem Dent, Travis Jay, um, I mean, that's that's where you're going to make your money in this class, guys like that. So, gotta gotta fend off the Sharks for another month now. Um, getting word out of Palm Beach Central that Akeem Dent won't sign. Um, if something does change, we'll have it on Knowles 24-7. I got a good source over there that's keeping me in the loop and you know, things are kind of fluid over there. The, uh, Akeem Dent's mom does would like him to sign. Akeem Dent just doesn't see what the big deal is. Um, he's not early enrolling, so he wants to sign with his friends. Um, and, and, and to that, clarify that, Josh, real quick, he won't sign today, correct? That's uh, just so no one panics. He won't sign during yeah, the early signing sign. he does, he, I don't think he's going to sign today. His yeah. mom is kind of wanting him to, and if anything does change during the day, Hey, I'll have it, but as of now, as of we record this at 10 after 9 a.m., um, I do not expect Akeem Dent to sign today with Florida State. Um, but I am hearing that, that FSU's in a good spot. I was always kind of the pessimist on Dent, and um, having heard some things coming out of that visit from him and his mom, I'm a little bit – I'm more, more optimistic, I should say. I'm definitely more optimistic that he's going to sign with Florida State. All right, so – Anything else for the recruiting class before we go to the very last? Well, that would be huge. I mean, if you, me and Chris have talked about this about a week or two ago. If you lose Akeem Dent, you know, you, they'd essentially lose the three pillars of their class. Akeem Dent, Sam Howell, and Charles Cross. And miss on the fourth, which was Kayvon Thibodeau. Right. True. But to lose those commitments of three pillars of the class, three probably, you know, three of the most important positions as well. Maybe line you could argue linebacker too, but you know Cross, Howell, Dent, they got to hold on to Dent at this point. They got to. Yeah, from an optics standpoint, they're finding an uphill battle. I know some on the staff find it funny that we're all clamoring over a number fourteen ranked class, but that's the same group that likes to say the standard is the standard. Fourteenth ranked classes isn't the standard for FSU. No, it's, right. a, it's a school that's expected to compete for a top five right. to ten classes. It's good and, uh, for a five-win team. But yeah, they, wholeheartedly. Florida State, and Florida State should never be a five-win team. Right. And I'm not, I'm not a panic button guy with this class because this class is the product of a bad on-field product that went five and seven. Like, I get why this is where it's at. Where I am panic button is that you address one of your major needs fairly well so far, linebacker. Offensive line, I'd say you're about halfway home on that, but you still got work to do. And then quarterback is currently potentially a major mess that you need to make sure you clean up before you get to the summer or maybe even the spring, truthfully. You probably need those guys in here in the spring um, as far as a transfer candidate at quarterback. So that that's kind of where I stand on it. The other thing with the class is it's 19 commitments. It's, what, 15 defense, four offense, right? Three offensive linemen, goals. Yeah. So And the goal was to go heavy on defense, but they need to finish well on offense. They need a quarterback. They need a big-time outside receiver, a guy like a George Pickens or Jaden Hazelwood's probably too far gone at this point. R.J. Henderson's another one that's in play there. Uh, offensive line, they need two to three, and they need one or two that can help them in the first 24 months they're on campus, not developmental-type guys. Or Juco guys that you're only going to get a few good games out of in a two-year span. They need guys that can help them. Um, 
And then D-end, I think they I think they need to go out and try to find the most capable guy, maybe in the Juco rings, of contributing early on because missing on Thibodeau kind of, you know, where's the guy that you're going to insert into that Brian Burns spot as far as a recruit that would take that spot? Mm-hmm. Not saying production-wise or playing-wise. I'm yeah, saying caliber of player, yeah. capable of being that player long-term for you. They missed on that. That's something they need to do. They need to finish off linebacker, which they know they're working at. Lakia Henry's a kid that came in in December. There's others. Shimon Cooper's one that I mentioned. There will be others that they identify. They want at least one more there. And then with DBs, it's really more about holding on to what you've got than going out and adding something else. That That's the objectives going from now to February. All right. Uh, we really haven't made people feel that much better. Well, I mean, the good thing about the class is that <laughs> They, they did sign 14 guys, so they're halfway done. So the investment of time has been cut. Well, they're over halfway done. Yeah. Right. I mean, they're well over halfway done. Math isn't what I do, Newberg. He's actually the best at math yeah, at all. Yeah, actually, yeah. But, you are the best. But, you know, it allows them to focus heavily on the remaining things they have. The thing is a signing day is about creating a warm, fuzzy feeling. Look at UNC. They, UNC was I almost used. Uh, I mean, go ahead. Bad. Might as well. This now, her, horrendous on Jerks. the football field. They've had a coaching change. They bring in how they flip a few guys. Everybody in Chapel Hill is feel, feeling really good about themselves, even though that's a horrible football team. FSU isn't feeling real good about themselves. Putnam's a guy that they invested a ton of time in. In my view, they largely led a majority of its recruitment dating back to June. They lose them in the end to Clemson, an in-state rival who's currently lapping them in their own conference, who's coming into their state, and while Putnam's not truly an in-state guy, they take an in-state guy, even though he's a move-in. I was was trying to figure out what Chris meant, and I was hurting my brain. We're good. Yeah, he meant in-state prospects with ACC ride. Right. So it's multiple losses. It's not solely just the player. It's who you lost them to, how you lost them. But I'm not. I mean, you're really going to call them in-state kids. Um, no, but but he the ability to drive and visit your school is much easier for FSU than for Clemson for him for the majority of his recruiting side. Well, and the and the offensive line coach recruiting him had ties back to from the Midwest. Yeah. yeah, so it's not like he just moved in. FSU was like, oh wow, look, there's a talented yeah, kid at play. There was Greg a lot of Fry time and yeah. invested with Greg Fry and and Will Putnam. And that, yeah, I mean, he that, got left at the altar. It's so weird. Like, I mean, I think people were bracing for Sam Howell uh, to, to leave in the final couple days. That wasn't a surprise. Derek Hunter, no one even blinked an eye. Yeah, he lost a four-star. FSU's better off not getting Derek Hunter. Uh, but, the Will, <laughs> but the Will Putnam one was the one that – that was the gut punch. I think yeah. because of the position of need, because of the amount of time. Uh, and because, it was so close. Yeah. And, it was – I mean, I take Will fairly at his word. I don't think he truly had made the final decision until within the 24 hours of when he announced. I, I think he was ready to move on from Clemson a few days before, and then yeah. the day before or so he changed it. But I do think the optics of, was interested. of how flipping and how it was received, both media and fan-wise, did not help the cause. Yeah. There. Because I think it drove home some of the message of stability versus trying to get better. All right. Uh, Josh, we're lo- we're I know, losing Newberg. No, I know he has to go soon, too, and he's been actually, for him, really, really great. Offense no, – how's that for a backhanded compliment? <laughs> You've been decently engaged. Congrats, <laughs> young man. Uh, Josh, do you want to get in the offensive coordinator stuff? Because it feels like we're just going over the same I, thing. I, you know, at this point, I expect it to be Bryles. You guys know I, I heard some things yesterday from a good source that tells me there might be a few other candidates involved. Oh, but God. I, you know, I can't imagine – um, unless unless something happens with Bryles, but I was, 
I, I don't know. Uh, now that we're in the dead period, I don't think there's a whole lot of urgency to get it done. Um, I think that it gets done before we come out of the dead period. I hope. <laughs> but right. I can tell you that like, I just didn't get a feel, <clears throat> sense of urgency. That now, I think there was. I think that they did want to get it done before early signing day. But now that we're here, you know, it, it's kind of like. I don't think it needs to get done in the next 24 hours, is what I'm saying. And I, I uh, just to jump on that, I know people are going to be like, well, I think we lost commitments because of that. That might be true, but at the end of the day, I don't know if it really is. Like, with how, I don't know how much it would have mattered. I believe the Howells yeah. had an idea that FSU, uh, again, I don't believe, I know the Howells knew that FSU intended to hire Kendall Browse, that that was the primary focus of their offensive coordinator right. search at There's the end no point. question. At, yeah, at the same that. time, though, for the optics, like it doesn't look great in, in yeah. two. Um, with, yeah, if you're a kid, why would you sign with the school if, if the coordinator hasn't yeah. signed with the school yet, too? Like It's fair to kind of question that, I think. Speaking of finality or just general interest, Houston plays tomorrow at 3.30 p.m. in the Armed Forces Bowl against Army. So if you want to tune in and see what Kendall's about, you can. And yet, I think it's worth it. I think Kendall Riles is going to end up being the next offensive coordinator at FSU. It's just a matter of when this thing gets done. I not sure. fully expect it to, to be announced on Sunday afternoon when I'm driving down from Tallahassee to St. Pete to see my dad. Somewhere somewhere by Cross City where there's no uh, internet. Oh, I know. If, if you announce it on Christmas, I don't do Christmas commitments. Oh, yeah. That, it doesn't got, exist to me. For the for our listeners who are also readers, there's a good chance that if Kendall Bryles, uh does sign a contract with FSU and it's announced, we won't have anything on the website until after Christmas. <laughs> we're, we're just taking a month off. Yeah, we're, we're, good we're done after this. We're, we're All right, guys, off. thanks a lot. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, I got to go. I got an appointment. But, hey, also, all that racket, I just checked on Twitter. When you guys heard all those ambulances and everything, there was a crane that fell, like, a block from me on this construction site, this hotel. Um, so... I do apologize for a crane falling. Well, you so, guys would have been a little bit more sympathetic to a major emergency. Yeah, again, we did a really great job of lifting everyone's spirits. Josh, uh, happy belated Hanukkah to you. Chris, Cranes uh, happy never Merry fall Christmas. in Tallahassee. You need to move me. Happy Merry Christmas to you, Chris, early. Um, and happy holidays to everyone listening. Safe travels. Drive safe. Enjoy a nice alcoholic beverage once you're with family, which is what I'll do. And uh, yeah. Or because of family. All right. Thanks, guys. See ya. All right, guys. Thanks for listening. Oh, Knowles 247. Go.